0: There we go. Now I'm unmuted. (laughs) Hello, everyone. I'm Tamara Rossander. I'm one of the practitioners here at the Center for Spiritual White Rock, and I'm grateful to be in community with you today. So our weekly Sunday gatherings are just such a lifeline, I know, for Reverend Cassandra and I know for myself. So I hope they are for you as well. And may this space serve as a refuge from your fears and worries, and may it be an incubator for your dreams and intentions, as may it be a source of empowering ideas that reveal your spiritual magnificence. As we begin our gathering today, I respectfully acknowledge that I live and work on the traditional unceded territory of the Coast Salish Nations, including Coquitlam, Tosueluth, Stolo Nations. So now let us... Ground our time together in truth and spirit, and I invite you to turn within. As we sit in this moment and welcome this day and know this truth, there is only one mind, one love, one universal divine presence. And that divine presence operates in, through, and as each person here, as well as everyone else, and as well as the world. This magnificent sense is right here, right now, knowing that it is unfolding in each of us perfectly, in perfection. As we are each spirit having this human experience, Knowing that we are one with this divine mind, with this presence, with this love, with this joy, and the awe of the day. So knowing today I claim this truth that the joy and love and the words that are said today are exactly what needs to be said. They're unfolding in perfection, as well as our technology works exactly as we need it to. I know that this love unflows and flows from Reverend Cassandra and her health and wellness. So excited to have wonderful Julie Blue here singing today with us to uplift our hearts. So, as we open our hearts today and settle into this moment and being open and willing to take in the love that is in I ask you thank, you, thank you. I release words, to the law No, they are so to join me and so it is today I said
1: are...
0: spoken uh this morning and we're thank you thank you thank you so that's the song that I'm gonna sing one of gratitude and invite you to uh, always love when people sing
1: thank you so much practitioner Tamara Rosander and I'm Cassandra Ray the spiritual director of Center for Spiritual Living White Rock and today I want to start out with a question when you think of wealthy what do you think of if you were to make a picture of wealthy what would that picture look like And when you look at that picture or definition of wealthy, that simply just like comes off the top of your mind, you know, not without thinking too much, who or what has had the most influence in shaping your picture of wealth? For me, some of the biggest influences were never said out loud or directly. For example, I lived with my mom and my two sisters in subsidized housing on the east side of Salinas, California. And this was equivalent to being on the wrong side of the tracks with my air quotes, wrong side of the tracks. There was a lot of poverty and crime in my neighborhood. In fact, I grew up in a place where gangs were being born all around me. It was a predominantly Mexican neighborhood and the town was surrounded by fields, agricultural fields of lettuce and vegetables and fruits all around. And even some of what we eat here in BC might come from the community where I grew up in. And yet my mom would drive us across town to go to church twice on Sundays and once on Wednesday to one of the nicest neighborhoods in town. It was literally on the opposite side of town, like it was as far, they were as far apart as you could get. (laughs) There were literally like fields on the other side of the church, right? It was like the, the very end of town on one side and my house on the very end of town, the other side. And it wasn't just far apart geographically. It was worlds apart culturally, ethnically, economically. The church was predominantly white with like one ethnic family you know (laughs) while I was writing my talk I realized oh my gosh we were the ethnic family (laughs) my mom is white and my dad is Inupiaq so I'm biracial so I often just kind of move through the world you know as a white person but then also as a non-white person so it's kind of funny to realize oh that non-white that was me that that we were them uh, it was kind of funny um, that that hit me while I was writing. Um, but my mom, you know, she decided this this was the place where we belonged, and and it, this is the church that I grew up in. And I knew that there was a difference between our neighborhoods. I knew I was supposed to aspire to live in that neighborhood, to live on that side of the town. You know, people were not talking about racial and and economical hierarchies. People weren't saying anything about them out loud but it was certainly understood, right? Even as a young child, I knew that wealthy didn't look like us. I didn't actually realize that we were poor. I knew that we'd been homeless but we had an apartment now and I always had clothes. I never went hungry. But soda pop was a luxury in our house. And we never expected anything new unless it was our birthday or Christmas. And we were even one of those families that was adopted during the holidays, you know, where people bring you presents and food. Um, that was actually one of my best memories as a child because there was so much stuff. It blew my mind. And it was funny because I was, you know, like all of the clothes that they brought, like none of them fit me, but it was just so amazing to me to see that many clothes in one place that were ours, even if I couldn't wear any of them. And so as a child, you know, wealthy was, was white, was two parents, was owning a home, It was being college educated. It was having good jobs and fancy cars and lots and lots of brand name clothes. Oh, and of course, as much soda pop as you want (laughs) and not the generic ones, the name brand ones. So I learned that wealth was measured by material things, by possessions and accumulations, you know, things you could acquire. And I learned to use all of these external things as a measure of success. And the thing is, even though no one said this out loud to me, but I was also measuring myself in this hierarchy of wealth as defined by mainstream culture and media, I was coming up short. I wasn't the right sex or race, height or weight or class. And even though no one ever told me directly that I didn't measure up, it was all around me. These messages were all around me and I believed it. And so while I was trying to measure up and trying to like, I don't know, acquire and prove myself, there was also this like growing agitation inside of me. The trying and the agitation grew until it was like a full on anger. And anger was part of my path. I'd even say that it was a sacred part of my path of becoming, because it was anger that gave me the courage to leave the status quo in search of something else. If I hadn't been angry, I might have just remained complacent and continued to try to measure up. But one of the things that I found as part of my quest was the Centers for Spiritual Living. And here there was a different message, a new thought about wealth, about who could have it and how to get it. It was here that I learned about the creative power of thought and that our consciousness creates that new ideas can unfold, not only in my mind, but they can unfold in my life. And so I learned that the natural state of the universe is abundance, that there's this natural flow of good with a capital G. And your good are all the things that sustain you as well as energize and delight you. And we teach here that everyone is worthy of their good, that you are worthy of your good. What you think, how you feel, what you say and what you do have the power to open you up or shut you off from your good. And the creative power of your own mind is the key to unlocking your good. So at the same time as I'm learning these new ideas about about how we really get things in life, there was also this brand new definition of God that God isn't a guy in the sky, looking down on you and judging you. No here, God is the essence of everything. God is the energy back of all life. God is a presence and a power and God is freely giving itself to everyone equally. In fact, God is loving, generous and supportive. When I first came here, that blew my mind. And and my part was to open my mind and heart to a new truth. I had to look past my social conditioning of not enough and see a deeper truth of infinite enoughness. And I'll tell you that one of my own personal stumbling blocks on this path of discovery and awakening and abundance has been my own sense of self-worth. The science of mind and spirit says that the gifts of abundance, prosperity and wealth are already here. That God or source or spirit universe is the source, substance and supply of everyone and everything. And the way we receive is through our thinking. I believe that God's spirit universe is my source. And by our faith that I know that God's spirit universe is right where I am. And by our feelings that I'm grateful for the gifts that I already have that are already here and the ones that are on their way. And by our actions, I give as a reflection of the abundant nature of the universe. And when I give from a place of faith and joy, it is multiplied abundantly and not just for me, but for everyone. And so nowhere in there does it say that I must prove my worthiness. Why not? Because worthiness is your divine birthright. Worthiness is your divine birthright. And even though worthiness is a given, you might not have received it. If you're like me, then you might have received, instead, a lot of messages about why you're not good enough or why you don't measure up or why you must prove yourself, why you must establish good reason for your existence or for taking up space or for using up resources. And so this is where I'm asking you to live in the flow. Imagine, if you will, that there is an abundant, eternal flow of love and prosperity, and that your good, with a capital G, is always flowing to you. So how do you, like, how do you get in that flow? And I'm gonna talk about three practices to live in the flow. And the first practice is to consciously receive the love that is here for you now. You see, you are loved by life itself. You weren't designed to hurt yourself or anyone else. You're fully loved as you are right now, lumps, bumps, and all. And you aren't meant to fail. In fact, the universe is fully supporting your perfect unfoldment. Even when everything appears to be falling apart, they are actually coming together for your highest and best good. So the first practice is to consciously receive the love that is here for you now. I am loved is an excellent affirmation to practice here. I am loved. The second practice is to embrace your wholeness. Now, now what is that? What do I mean by that? Well, I looked up whole in the glossary of the Science of Mind text and found this definition. I'll read it to you. When we speak of the whole, we are speaking of God. The self-knowing mind is your perception of reality. It's your unity with the whole or God on the conscious side of life. And is an absolute guarantee that you are a center of God consciousness in the vast whole. Now I'm going to boil that down for you. (laughs) Because that's a lot. That's a big definition. But it all just boils down to this. That you are a center of creative consciousness. You are a center of creative consciousness. This means that you are one way that life unfolds in the universe. I mean, this truly is magical. Life unfolds by way of you. Your thinking, feeling, words, attitudes, and actions They make a difference. And you have the power to create a new reality for yourself and for others. So embracing your wholeness is embracing your essential goodness. It is to trust that there is a divine pattern of what you desire within you. There's a divine pattern of your good with a capital G right inside of you. And embracing your wholeness is to know that there is a universal power to create through your own consciousness that is always available to you no matter what you're facing, no matter what anyone has ever told you about you or how powerless you felt. You are powerful. And it is embracing your wholeness, is believing this about yourself, believing that you're powerful, and believing that that what you think about yourself is actually more powerful than what anyone else can ever tell you. So the love you're willing to give to yourself is stronger than any limiting belief you might have picked up along the way. So the second practice is to embrace your wholeness, your essential goodness, your creative power. And the third practice is to give. The third practice is to give and it is to give what you want to receive. So knowing that you're loved and that you've been given this power to create and that you're fully supported by the universe itself, what are you willing to do? How can you give or what can you give of your time, your talent, or your treasure that contributes to what you want to experience. So this third practice comes from the generosity and courage of your own willingness to try something new, to give something of yourself, to contribute, to offer, to offer up something of your own. And I'm just gonna use an example because I'm recovering right now from just your everyday average cold. And and so how can I use these practices to realize my health? Well, the first practice is to remember that I am loved and supported by the divine, even when I feel poorly. And the second practice is to remember that there is a divine pattern of perfect health inside of my body. The essence of my body is health, harmony, strength, and vitality.
0: The third
1: practice is to give myself time, space, and compassion to heal. So think about what you want to experience. What do you want to experience? Practice receiving the love of the universe, embracing your wholeness, and giving what you want to receive. And whenever you feel that fear or hear that doubt that says you aren't good enough, just pause, pause for a moment and take a breath. And remember that you are infinitely loved that you are powerful beyond measure and that you are fully supported on your life and path. You know, together we are creating a new picture of wealth. It isn't these external things. It isn't possessions. It isn't amassing Material things. In fact, amassing material things is like taking a breath in and never breathing out again. True wealth lives in the heart and the mind, it lives in this consciousness of love and power and generosity. So make a new picture of what wealth looks like like in your life this week. What does your wealth look like? Who are you being and doing when you are releasing the limiting beliefs that you might have picked up along the way? And I'll tell you one last part about my own personal, my own personal journey through this has been going back in time and taking any part of myself that learned she wasn't good enough or that she didn't measure up, just taking her in my arms and giving her love. This you always have the power to do, to love yourself. And to know that the universe or God or higher power is loving you unconditionally as you are, you are here on divine purpose with precious gifts to bring to humanity, to your world, to the world. And when we practice receiving this love and embracing our wholeness and giving of our time, talent, and treasure, you and I, my dear, we create a new world. And when I think about some of the scary things that are happening in the world right now, It is simply our part to take a breath and to hold the vision of what we know is true, that this love and that this power is greater than any fear, than any lack, than any scarcity. And when we do this collectively as a community, when we get involved and we get engaged and we give and we take action We are creating the world that we want to live in. And let me tell you that that has power. It is more powerful than anything we will see on the news. It is more powerful than any one election or any one law. It is simply the way of the universe and love. Love will have the final say. Love will have the final say. It is the ultimate truth. And so know that I love you and I want you to flourish. And so it is.